Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Joining us today is Rich Gordon, a photographer, creative, much more, many more things. Uh, played D1 soccer at USF. Rich transitioned into a career still so close to the game, working in the sport, capturing, creating stories on and off the pitch. So we're very excited about today. Thanks for coming on and welcome to Footwork, Rich. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I got to say, is I played at UCF. You uh, Zach, so I, I checked with Zach, my brother, and he said <laughs> USF because I knew it was one of the Floridas. We had talked about it. Uh, yeah. uh, we played futsal together out in L.A. when I was there. So I asked him yeah, to double yeah. check, and Zach was wrong. I'm putting it all on him. Oh, okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> we could do like a PTI where they have the guys that does the fact checks in the, at the, at, in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the show. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, uh, University of Central Florida, which okay. is in Orlando, University of South Florida is in Tampa, which is not accurately named. Um, okay. I that's, grew yeah, up that's a weird in one. South. I grew up in South Florida, which is a suburb <laughs> of Fort Lauderdale, and USF is nowhere near South Florida. Okay. So. Right. So, anyways, <laughs> that's a little bit of UCF hate on USF. But anyways, <laughs> I see. I didn't know is there, there was. A, is there, there, was is there a rivalry ball. between the schools? There is, yeah. There is. Uh, football, football field, American football fielded mm -hmm. um, when both when I uh, they were in in um, the later like 2010, 2011s, USF started getting really good, and then UCF also started getting really good. So now they call it the I four I four rivalry because I four mm. is a highway that connects Tampa uh, okay, to Orlando, yeah. and so um, yeah, and in soccer too, um, the men's programs are pretty pretty decent because florida schools american football is the biggest thing mm -hmm. so a lot of the times the men's soccer programs are what get cut because uh you know it's either you have either or and mm -hmm. so um but usf and ucf happen to have both men's football teams and men's soccer teams so it's kind of unique when you were there was ucf dominant or um we were in a small conference uh conference mm. usa so we were dominant not conference actually not even it wasn't even called that it was called like sun sun conference or something like that sun belt Is it, that the conference one? doesn't exist anymore oh, okay gotcha. yeah it's i think it it got changed to conference usa uh but uh um yeah we were cool in our conference but you know whenever it came to like tournament wise that's when you really started facing like the big dogs wake forest yeah. and all those people and like it was just a different yeah. level so yeah so um but it was cool it was cool being a part of the team i was a part of the team for like two years honestly i was just a walk-on and i didn't really play much i was on the practice squad but like you know i i uh i um earned a varsity letter out of it and was a part of the team and everybody you know like just like it was it was a great experience being a part of a D1 program and seeing the ins and outs of it and like mm -hmm. the hard work every day. I was the fittest mm -hmm. I was my entire life. Like my, I was just like, yeah, we getting back was, to, uh, we getting back to that post COVID. Oh man. I'm way, I'm so far from that. I don't know if you guys did, uh, did this. Um, there was this thing called Cooper test. Do you guys do Cooper test? 
we didn't do it but i've i know yeah. the cooper test you've mm-hmm. you've heard of the legends of the cooper test yeah yeah mm-hmm. so uh <laughs> um there's two miles in 12 minutes and then another mile in six and you have like 30 second rest uh so basically wow. three miles in under 18 minutes and that was like the standard that was like mm-hmm. you had to do it mm-hmm. you know my school was sponsored by adidas at the time and so we got like adidas boots and stuff you couldn't get no boots. You can get no uniform unless you pass the, the fitness test. Unless you pass the and test. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you had to, so you had to pass it. So I mean, back in those days, I was doing it, man. I think I was like, I don't know, I was close to like a seventeen thirty-three mile, and like, Damn. yeah, I don't even know. Like, I can't fathom running that fast. Doing right that now. again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tough to get back. Yeah. So um, before we we kind of get into, you know, how soccer has influenced you growing up and into college and even, you know, beyond that, we're going to start with a little rapid fire questionnaire just to learn a little bit more about you. Is that OK? Yeah, it's cool. All right. Favorite, favorite team? Uh, just in general? Well, like soccer, globally? yeah. Soccer My, globally, okay. yeah. Uh, if you have two answers yeah. of the MLS team or okay. not two, we can bring that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Arsenal, 100%. Like, I'm an Arsenal fan through and through. I've been an Arsenal fan since 99 when Thierry Henry went there. And mm. that's it. Like, that Arsenal. Was a good time. Has that was a good time team. to be an Arsenal. That mm. was a good time. A good time, long time ago. Then, yeah. so. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, so Arsenal through and through. Um, I live in LA now, I have season mm-hmm. tickets to LAFC. So I guess I support LAFC in that way. Um, and yeah, my second okay. team is PSG. People would think I'm a PSG supporter diehard with the amount of PSG jerseys that I own. Um, it, but that's They're more fresh. because- They're so of, fresh though. Of, that's more because of style and stuff. Yeah, and it okay. just, it's, a, it's a plus that they're okay mm-hmm. in Champions League. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so those are the teams. Fair, okay. fair. All right, favorite male player? Uh, Terry Henry, I just mentioned him. Um, so nice. obviously he's retired, but mm-hmm. still, like, the, for me, he's the GOAT. Um, and then, let's see, currently play. Uh, actually, my favorite two players, because I'm an old head, are Terry Henry and David Beckham. So, yeah. Class class did you see that yeah. video of Thierry Henry at the uh, Belgium training just casually with his left foot mm-hmm. putting it top ends yeah with his left foot yeah Cla- left yeah, foot. Class yeah. Crazy. <laughs> all right the age-old you know beat it to the ground question uh Messi or Ronaldo mm, dang tell a lot about a person this question oh geez man this is such a tough question you can um, defer to you can say like well we appreciate both you know you can give that answer let's <laughs> let's see you know i think it's tough because they're two different types of players um yeah. i'm gonna like take that stance you know what i'm saying like i'm gonna, I'm we, gonna we'll say respect like that. yeah yeah um shoot what if we rephrase like, it what if we rephrase it? We're starting a club. Okay. We're starting a club. You have to pick one in their prime. Who are you taking? <laughs> Does that make it tougher? Does that make it easier? I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, it may make it tougher, but I think, oh, man, people are going to. 
get on me for this. I think you can make reasons for I, both. I, I do. I I would take Messi mm. because then you can build a team around the midfield, the midfield, the guy that runs the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Cristiano is, it's kind of like, if it all goes bad, it all goes bad with Cristiano, but it, it all goes bad with Messi too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like with Argentina, we see that so much. I mean, if Messi doesn't win Copa America with Argentina this time, this year, like, I don't know. Like, I don't It's going to be a like, tough one Cristiano, though. Brazil's so good Cristiano, too. Cristiano has won his 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 uh, his regional tournament. Obviously, yeah. he wasn't even on the field, so that's kind of by default. I don't know. So it's weird. Like I, <laughs> it's I, a larger I, discussion. Yeah. 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 So, but I would just say I'm happy that I grew up. I've watched their entire careers. I'll watch them retire, which is and so two of the greatest players ever to play the game, and I've been blessed to watch all of it. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I like that. I'm with you on the messy pick, by the way. I think Dylan is too. <laughs> I think it's We're in agreement. Across the board here. All right, then uh, back to best player, best women's player right now. Best women's player. Or your favorite. Um, Rose Lavelle is a baller. She's a baller. Um, Very she's good. a baller. And she's an, like, she's a nondescript baller. Like, you wouldn't mm-hmm. expect her to be doing the things she's doing mm-hmm. um so yeah i would probably say rose lavelle um but that girl she's she's also a baller the australian chick um oh yes uh, yes um sam kerr yeah sam kerr, sam kerr. yeah that Chelsea. Yeah, she, yeah yeah she's she's another level so um i would say like those were the first two that came just top of my head Mm -hmm. because like all around player like again similar like in the midfield doing things like running things i think sam they push sam up to play Mm -hmm. forward more but like roosevelt's in that middle she's just she pulls the strings right dictating the game yeah yeah dictating the game and like so she's definitely a baller love it okay um we'll see if this is an easy one nike adidas or puma hmm uh, my closet would say Nike. Um, okay. It just chose for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have all three brands and I have actually played soccer in all three brands. Um, I think right now I have a pair of Puma cleats, pair of Adidas cleats and the Nike joints. Do I have an active pair of Nike cleats? Uh I did. Oh, I traded them for the Adidas ones. That's what will happen. Okay. Okay. All right. But default, the closet says Nike. Yeah. No. There. Favorite cleat. Stick on that topic. Past or yeah. Present. So the fav- favorite cleat is this one. I'm just gonna show. I love it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> love that. It's- Wow, I'm excited. I feel like it's going to be a classic. A vintage predator, I'm calling it. I'm going to say Nike Tiempo. Like mm-hmm. either Tiempo the Ronaldinho edition or. 
your guys are votes votes are in <laughs> our votes are in <laughs> oh yeah uh, oh yeah, yeah. So right. it's this is the indoor this is the indoor version, but mm-hmm. I played in these, and oh, then I God. also played in in a few other iterations of the Predator, and so yeah, oh, yeah. they are heavy as heck. Very heavy. I Very will heavy. say that. Um, but all all boots wet, were heavy at that time. Yeah. yeah, they were. When they get wet, it's a it's a whole nother. Thing. Oh, it's a different story. It's a different yeah. story. Yeah. I think they should bring back the strap, no. though. I was even though it snapped all the time. I was a big, uh, big fan of the strap on the Predators. Uh, it's cool. The yeah, whole tongue yeah, yeah. thing, yeah. It's part of the swag. Yeah. All right. All right. Beckham is a big part of why I like those cleats. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Me too. Okay, so best stadium you've been to? I know you've been around. We'll get into that too, but. Wembley. Okay. Wow. New Wembley to go. Mm. Yeah. Can imagine. Mm-hmm. All right. Volley of free kick goal. Hmm. You're scoring free it too, kick. Rich. You're scoring it. Free kick. Free kick. Free kick. Because okay. I mean, again, the, I, the like idolization of Beckham. So free kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your What's your celebration afterwards? You run into the corner, to the fans, to the uh, camera. I'm running to the corner and I'm doing the Henri celebration where I'm uh, boxing the corner flag, Love or that. doing the it. boss stance and ho- holding the corner flag like this. Oh, that one is iconic. <laughs> He's combined. I like it. You combine all the idols into one goal and celebration. It's perfect. Probably yeah. wearing the predators yeah. as he does yeah. it too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Love that. Okay, and one that's last one, a little topical here. Um, so we've seen who got out of the group stages, but who do you have winning the Euros from here? Um, my pick in the beginning was France. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked back in 2018. I, my pick was France to win the World Cup. And um, I'm going to stick with France. Like, I know, like, that right now, other teams are, like, coming up and – it's looking tougher than, but France. I mean, look, France plays Switzerland. You know, like one of the better first round matchups. Round, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and then like you know, England plays Germany, which I don't even know what's gonna happen in that game. Yeah, but a uh, crazy one. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm gonna stick with France. Cool. Yeah, I think Sean. Right. Who did you have to win? I have Belgium winning. So Belgium, Belgium yeah. I have Portugal, and so one of ours is gonna be out. Belgium or Portugal in this next round. Yeah. Crazy draw. I can't wait for it all. The fact that they meet, the fact that they've drawn together, like that's like it's, it's crazy. Like, uh, yeah. I, I saw some meme and it tough. was like it was like Ronaldo. He's like, I score five goals in the group stages and I get the number one team in the world in the in the draw. It's crazy. He can't, he can't, he can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. Tap in Ronnie. All right. So um let's transition then. We'll go back into uh some more fitting topics for while we're here today. So first, can you just talk to us a little bit about how maybe soccer influenced you, your life growing up, your early life? Yeah, you know, um, I grew up first generation uh, Jamaican American. Uh, My parents moved here at different times in their life. They met in New York and um, moved here from Jamaica. And uh, so, yeah, so like soccer was always a part of my life. Um, 
just through my uncles and my older cousins and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, one of my specific, specifically one of my older cousins, he's like maybe like nine years older than me. Um, he played college soccer and, uh, and then went to Germany to play like lower division as well. And, and, and I saw that and I was like, all right, I think this is something I want to try to do. And um, so, yeah, so I was always drawn to the game at the park, at the barbecue, my uncles, you know, they would be juggling the ball, they'd be playing and, and it would just be a part of it. Um, but my, my, my house, my dad was a big sports fan in general. So I grew up watching everything. I watched hockey, I watched baseball, I watched golf, I watched NASCAR, Formula One, you know, like it, it was everything basketball. And um, we were big sports fans too. So we we're fans of the Miami Heat, Miami Dolphins and, and everything like that. But Obviously, soccer, it wasn't the number one sport. And I knew that, but I knew the, it was the number one sport in the country where my family was from. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, starting to come up in, in like around the 98 World Cup, I think I was 13 and, and when the 98 World Cup came about, or 12, 12, 13. And um, it was a big eye-opener you know, because it was like soccer was everywhere on the TV, even more so than 94, because 94, I was really young. I was like 10 or nine. And um, I don't know if I had a full grasp. I didn't go to any games, you know, anything like that. And it was just, it, it definitely seemed a little bit, still a little bit distant. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 98 was the year. I feel like that was the year. That was the year that I was like, um, so soccer.com used to be called Eurosport. And yeah, it was I remember. a catalog yeah. that you would buy. Yeah, I remember. Oh, and um, and um, so even before that, it was called TSI. And so they get transitioned. And like, mm-hmm. anyways, I got the catalog. I remember I bought my shoes. I had my ball. You know, that was the time I was like, I had the cleats and the ball and I was watching the game. And like, you know, I, and I was like really into it. And I, and I remember I felt like I didn't really have a group of people with me watching. I was just watching the games by myself. And um, but 98 was a turning point. And that was a turning point. That was when I became a fan of Henri because he, mm-hmm. he debuted in that tournament. Mm-hmm. And um, just a really love for the game. Jamaica, that's the only World Cup they've made. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have that jersey um, from the 98 World Cup, you know. Um, so, yeah, 1998, I was about 12. My fandom grew, but then I was also playing. I started playing soccer when I was, like, 10. and um, And so – but 98 was like the shift where it was like, oh, okay, I'm also a fan of this, this game. And then I'm, I'm also going to be keep, keep on playing and try to get better. Um, and then I think around like, yeah, 99, the Miami fusion came to like my neighborhood, my town. And um, they were called the Miami fusion, but they didn't play in Miami. They played in Fort Lauderdale. And what is, like what is with the people having these names in Florida yeah. and not playing in their, in their correct <laughs> name? Like, yeah, places. yeah. So, so they played in, in Fort Lauderdale and um, I would go to the games. I mean, it was the greatest thing. We had professional soccer and like mm. also the stadium started hosting international games and um, and preseason for MLS was held in Florida. So like I would go to preseason matches and see every everybody play. And I became a fan of MLS because of it. This was kind of like after the shift when MLS dropped the the um, like the hockey shootout type style 
penalty kind kicks. Of miss, I kind of missed it. Field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was after. So so it was, the game started becoming more like the European game. And then mm-hmm. players actually started coming, like different players from South America. I remember we had a dude named Carlos Yomosa and like, you know, like, you know, uh, Paneda Chacon and these guys from South America bringing South America flair. And so I would like ball boy or like whatever in Europe, they call it mascot oh, cool. for, for, for the game. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I became a fan of also then started to become a fan of the game here in the States. Right. And so it was just like this interesting pairing and um and then yeah so uh miami fusion folded i think in 2001 and uh i was at the last game and and then that's where my fandom it was a torn fandom between jamaica and the united states and jamaica was always fighting to make the world cup mm-hmm. and i remember there was like two cycles where like jamaica had to beat the u.s to make it in in the last hex and like u.s beat them and so i was always torn like you know uh, i was like it's like all right u.s u.s is in but then jamaica's out and it was just always this like dichotomy with that i was gonna ask um, is it one of those situations where you have like the two kits on and you know like you take one off if- <laughs> i would always i would i have to be honest like i would always just choose the underdog in that okay. situation it was jamaica mm-hmm. you know and like I've, I went to, I shot the gold cup final in 2017 and it was us versus Jamaica in San Francisco. Mm. I wore my Jamaica kit underneath my photographer vest. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> I'm supposed to support a team. And, uh, but then when us won, I was like, well, keep I guess the vest it's on. I guess it's best <laughs> yeah. of both worlds. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I am going to support, you know, the us right. and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, but that was, that was, uh, honestly, that was the last time, honestly, that I feel like Dempsey suited up competitively for the U S mm. team, you know, other than the qualifiers that they just bonked, you know, after that. But, yeah. um, uh, but yeah, so that was my, that's kind of like my upbringing with soccer. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I was always an athlete growing up well, and wanting to like play, you know, but my hands aren't big enough and I'm not tall enough for basketball. So. I love the sport, diehard Miami Heat fan, but mm-hmm. um, soccer was just the one that fit. And uh, yeah, but it's been a love-hate. It's been a love-hate. Like I've probably given more to soccer in my early stages. Now soccer has given me a lot back. Uh-huh. But earlier on, um, because I wasn't the best. I was never okay. the best. I was never the accolades. I was never the all-star in club. I never made the all-star, never really made the all-star team, maybe once, you know. Like it was just, and well, you were giving a lot action. to the game, right? Oh yeah. I loved it. Like I was at mm-hmm. practice three times a week. I was always doing, you know, I was at the games, you know, and then when high school rolled around, it was like, you wanted to make, even though high school soccer in Florida is like, eh, it's like whatever. Um, well, at my school, my school was very competitive. And so it was like, you wanted to wear the soccer Jersey to the lunchroom at lunchtime. Like, cause on oh, game day, gotcha. right? yeah. it was like a yeah. thing. And um, so I actually tried out for my high school soccer team four years in a row and did not make it each year, wow. including my wow. senior year. Wow. So, um, but the thing was, that was weird is I played soccer in club with all the guys that played on, this, on my high school team. So like, mm. it was just weird. Like, I think the coach just had something in his head after the first year and then the second year and then the third year. And then senior year, I thought it was like, for sure. I was like, yeah, this is it. I'm like, I'm Lock, on it. Like, there's yeah. no way. Mm-hmm. 
and then I like I literally made like you know how they do like multiple cuts and like mm-hmm. multiple rounds because so many kids coming out. Tell me you made it to and the last Florida, round. I made it to the last round, and we don't have the, the thing is the unique thing about Florida is there's no JV soccer in in, in, uh, in oh. at least when I was in high school JV and varsity because there's just not enough like resources because all the resources go to football. Mm-hmm. go to JV football and, and, and varsity football. So you have a lot of guys just trying for one team mm. across all four grades. And so it was just this like interesting thing, but I was like, Oh, I'm a senior now. It's just definitely, this is like it, like I'm in it, you know, man, I made mm. the last cuts and then that was it. My name was on the sheet and I was like, I'm done with soccer. I'm done. Like I, I, I was a senior in high school and I was like, I'm over it. Um, soccer season in Florida is at the beginning of the school year. And like, I was like, nah, I'm done with this. Like, so I went and ran track. So my senior year, I ran track, I ran the 400 and, um, the 200 and, and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Track was amazing. It was the camaraderie, the fun. It was fun to track meets because again, South Florida, big thing is, is track and field sports mm-hmm. and, it was hype. It was like everybody came out to track meets and and I enjoyed it. But when I got to college, uh, the bug kind of bit me again for soccer. And I was like, all right, let me try to like train, 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 train and walk onto the team. Went on a team where everybody like, had hella scholarships and stuff like that and recruiting and stuff. So, yeah, it's been a long it's been a long playing soccer has been I've given a lot to playing. Um, but it ended up repaying me in other ways. So, so what was that like though? After all those setbacks, to be like, I'm going to train, and then you ultimately did walk on. So, what was that process like? And then, what was that feeling like? You know, you said you didn't play as much, but like you still made it after that. So, what was that feeling like? Yeah, you know, it was interesting, and even in that process, it was hella setbacks. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like. I look back on it and I remember um, it was a plan, right? We would, like me and my roommate, my, one of my best friends, he was in my wedding. He, we were like, all right, we're training, we're training, we're training. We're going to go to walk-on tryouts. We knew the date. We were ready. And we had been playing. We had club team. So it was like club and club where you travel in, in, in high school. But there was a club in college that's funded by SGA. And so we played on that club team and we were traveling and we were playing. It was like, it was like a repeat of what we had in high school, but now we're in college and it was pretty competitive. And so that kept us fit and and playing and stuff like that. So we're ready to train. We're going, we're like, it's, it's the end of the fall. We're going into spring and the, 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 the walk on trials are at the beginning of the spring season. And man, I'm ready. I drive back to college drive back is like three and a half hours distance between Orlando and where I grew up in South Florida. So I drive back and I start feeling sick and I'm like, man, why do I feel like this man? When I, when I, when I get back to the dorm, it, it blew up. I had strep throat and mono at the same time. Like oh. it was crazy. And I was like, I can't, I'm, I'm knocked out. And I had to like tell the coach, like, I can't come to the, I'm sick, you know? So my roommate goes to the open tryouts and he does his thing who he's honestly better than me. And I'm like, ah, right, he should, he should do his thing. Right. But the interesting thing was the open tryouts, there was just tons of people. And so mm. the coaches couldn't really like look at, look at people like that. 
and he came back and he was kind of frustrated he was like man they didn't even necessarily like look at me like like you know like i wanted to and stuff so anyways i emailed i'm emailing with the coach and he's like well listen when you get better just come to one of the spring practices and so i got over being sick and i just go to a practice it's not a tryout it's just a practice and he just like has me come out so I do my thing at the practice and he goes listen hey like it's kind of late. We already have like some commitments and stuff like that. But, you know, here's the thing. Like we got this spot that is kind of, like I said, like a practice spot. And, um, but you have a, we can, you'll have extra responsibilities. Basically it's like, you got to take care of the gear, you know, like grab the balls and the oh, okay, gear yeah. and mm-hmm. be there before and be there after. But we like what we see from you but it's just like all our spots are taken and because it was it was later and because it took me a while it took me like three weeks to get better from being sick and so and he was like well, what do you think and i was like huh this is not the route that i you know was thinking about but you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with it and uh so turns out because I got sick, I got like a one-on-one individual conversation and look, and then that opened the door into this other thing to the point where like, I was like, all right, let me do this. And then I ended up getting a little bit of scholarship, which was weird because there were guys that were starting on the team that were getting nothing. They were just getting like maybe books paid for it. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it was just because I had these extra duties. Right. And so yeah and then that lasted two seasons um every day it was training you know every day even the players they were like richie you want to make this you know like and they would push me you know to be better you know and to play at the speed that i need to play at to play at the level that you that would require it would require you know and um i learned a lot i mean at that time too i would because i was out there first um training the goalkeeper like shooting on the goalkeepers was was one of the things that i would do and man my shot was the best it's ever been then like <laughs> that's it was like every day was right. an hour of shooting and so <laughs> and 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 the goalkeepers would push you if you didn't put it in the corner they'd be like man what's that trash get that out of here like you know like so they they wanted you to train them hard and you know so it was cool and so that was it built a lot in me to say like, okay. And what I realized is, and I kind of came to the conclusion, I was like, you know, I started this like journey of like, like this dedicated, like focused training a little late, late in the game. And like, so I, I, I like look at like the progress I made and I go, all right, cool. You know, like for the time in which I started it and when I started it, I made a decent amount of progress and Mm -hmm. I actually got better as I got older. And I, you know, not a lot of people can like say like they, they like make those type of jumps, you know? So, um, yeah, so that was college and like by the end of it, you know, uh, I got a letterman jacket with my initials inside of it and nice, you know, know, so it's wear that at the lunch table. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's great memorabilia now when I pull it out, people are like, yo, that's dope. What is that? You know, like, and so I was like, yo, it's just, uh, you know, I got to be a part of the, of the program and for a bit. And then after that, college soccer was club soccer so like gotcha. I, I still had like two and a half years left in college and so i ended up being the president of the club team 
and I actually traveled more in like around the country with the club team um, Interesting. than I did with the first team. And, uh, and we played in tournaments. We went to nationals. Like we, we, I mean, Gainesville had huge, the Gators, they had this huge uh, invitational every, every, every uh, semester. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was huge. I mean, teams from everywhere from all over big schools, schools that have big D1 programs, but then also schools mm-hmm. that don't. And so their club team was all the players that probably would be playing D1. Like at Gators, they don't have a men's program. So mm-hmm. um, all these guys were the ones that were like going to school, going to games, uh, UF for engineering and stuff like that, but they were really good. They could probably play D1. So the competition of these tournaments, man, were, was like – it was, high level, it was yeah. intense and it and it yeah. and it was like club in high school it was three games in one and a half days and then wow. if you make it to the next round two more games and then the like i mean by the end of the weekend you can play seven games like it which was, is a crazy was, thing like it's insane right. and and it was florida heat so it oh, was just God. like <laughs> that doesn't make oh, any yeah. sense <laughs> Yeah, no, and I mean, we had guys cramping. I oh, mean, yeah. cramps were I so bet. like you just be you just Standard. be running and they'd be like, oh, <laughs> I would be like, like, oh, another cramp falling over. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, though, that built a camaraderie and the guys. Um, I have guys that are lifelong friends mm. because of that club soccer team. Mm. Like, we still go watch Arsenal games together. Like. Like it, it's still like we live in different parts of the country now, but like it's a forever bond that we mm. created through that club sure. team. And um, so, yeah, soccer, again, like it gave back to me in ways that I wasn't like expecting. Right. Okay. And so, yeah. So now I can look back and be like, oh, well, if it wasn't for a club team, you know, I wouldn't have these friends, you know, yeah. and right. like, yeah. So it's cool. Interesting. It seems like that was kind of the start of soccer giving back to you. Like you said, like it's giving back to you so much now and currently. So let's transition into, you know, maybe more what you're doing now and how you started. So photography, content creation, blending street, soccer culture, all of these things. I mean, the list goes on. So were you interested in these areas growing up? Did you get into it in college? How did you make that transition? Um, but still being so part of the game. So honestly, um, it's like kind of two parts. Creatively, I was always a creative, like like had a creative inclinations when growing up. So I would draw um, comics and um, I wanted to be an architect. Um, I always had this like mind of like, how, how does things work? You know, like, and, and I got a computer fairly early. And I was the guy in, in high school, I was burning Dreamcast games and selling them. And I was on LimeWire downloading <laughs> music. And like, you Lime know, Wire. like I was like, I was like kind of always like techy in a way mm-hmm. along mm-hmm. with the creativity. Um, in high school, I took a computer, gra- computer graphics class, learned Photoshop when I was in high school. And, um, you know, so like, I always like knew I wanted to do this. And by the time I graduated high school, honestly, I, I was like, I'm going to do graphic design. Like that's what I wanted to do. And um, so two things, I chose UCF one, cause they had a graphic design program and two, they had a men's soccer team. So there was two, it was a twofold thing. Or else I would have went to like a school like UF or FSU, F, 
FSU in particular because I had always supported growing up FSU's football team, mm-hmm. American football team, um, because I like the colors. And so, you know, like that was, that was, um, but I went to UCF um, for that reason, for, for the graphic design program. And then they had a men's soccer team and that was like a goal of mine. So the creative side of me was always there. The technical side of me was always there as well. Um, kind of being like techie and stuff like that. And, um, and then there was soccer. And honestly, the worlds didn't really connect um, until like I made a logo for my club team you know, um, in college mm. and okay. designed like the, the jerseys and stuff. And so that was like the first little touch of it. I got the screen prints made and everything like that. Um, and then I remember a friend of mine through, it was kind of the catalyst for designing the jerseys. He had a clothing line that, um, that was like soccer based and he needed to revamp his logo. And so like, I, I remember I like revamped the logo for him and and did all this stuff and so that was kind of like the first touch points of the creativity mixing with soccer but honestly they were always separate you know it was always going to be my job and then i was going to play soccer you know and this was what i did for work and you know play soccer um and then um i uh started a company with some friends of mine customizing sneakers and like hand painting sneakers and um that's how i got into photography because we needed to take photos to sell the shoes and so um, we started selling the shoes on an uh, old website called MySpace. Um, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and Facebook. And, um, and so, but we needed photos to, to kind of push it and sell them. So that's when I bought my first camera was to take pictures of sneakers. And um, again, everything separate. Soccer is not even in it, you know? And mm. um, so, yeah, so that's what I did, you know? And then I went on this journey creative journey, career journey of um, uh, getting my master's degree in marketing and branding and like running the company, but then like having to take, you know, the company, my, my partner went and did something else. And then um, I, I got a job as a web developer in Orlando and I was a web developer for two and a half years. And like, you know, like it was just like a long journey of career wise. Soccer was always there. I was always playing the Sunday leagues, always playing pickup, always playing the seven through seven leagues, always just like always just playing. Like there was just a thing. Like that's what I did. Um, but then 2014, I got an opportunity to move to LA uh, and a job working in the music industry. And so I took the leap, you know, quit my job in Orlando, packed up my stuff and drove to LA from, uh, from Florida in 2014, January, 2014. Um, so I was working in the music industry, doing kind of a design creative job for a talent management company and end of 2014, they were just like, yo, today's your last day. Bye. And I basically was left with having to figure it out. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Anyway, fast forward to the beginning of 2015, I find this account called kicks to the pitch and on Instagram. And I'm like, yo, this account's talking about like sneakers and and soccer. Like this isn't like, this is kind of cool because this was always me. Like in Mm -hmm. high school, I had a job at a sneaker store. That was like what I, that was my first job. And so I made money to buy sneakers. Like that's what I did. And so, you know, and, but the world's never really collided. It was like always two separate worlds, hip hop, basketball, sneakers was over here. And then soccer was over here. Right. And so like, it was always separate. 
So I saw his account kicks to the pitch and I was like, yo, there's going to be this tournament at a high school. Are you going to be there? I messaged the account and the guy that started it, Curtis was like, yeah, I'll be there. So we meet and I'm like, yo man, I ain't got no job right now. I'm driving for Uber and Lyft trying to figure out this LA thing and whatever help you need, I'm down to help because kicks to the pitch is sounds like me. And so, Hmm. um, that's where it began beginning in 2015. Um, I made like some pitch decks and I started doing stuff for kicks to the pitch. And then it, it all started to escalate really fast. And I think I shot my first soccer game was U S women's national team against Mexico national team. Mm -hmm. Um, in like the beginning of the summer in 2015, that was my first soccer game I ever photographed. And, uh, and then I realized it opened my eyes to this whole world of uh, like, oh, I can get a credential. I can shoot a game. Like I, never, I didn't know anything about that. I had mm. never even put a zoom lens on my camera before like that. You know, like it was just completely fresh. And then Kicks the Pitch started doing content. We started producing videos. We started and I started taking pictures of product. And this was a time where brands were starting to make a lot of products for soccer. Like soccer was starting to become cooler. And like it was yeah, 2014, yeah. we're coming off the heels of the 2014 World Cup. You know, the, all the hype that that was, all the block parties, everybody yeah. watching the game. You know, it was something new and vibrant. And so that began the journey of being creative with soccer, which I, up until that point, if you know, and you guys probably followed along, there wasn't part of the plan. I didn't mm. know it was possible. I didn't know it was a thing. And so um, I was just a creative that happened to play soccer and be a fan of it. And then then the two worlds merged in 2015. I love that. And just yeah. to even bring it back to like that transition after you left the, the, the job in the music industry and stuff and kind of were left on left on your own. Did you feel like during that time you were doing a little bit of soul searching, like, okay, the next thing I'm doing is going to be like something I'm really, I'm passionate about, or do you just feel like you were just trying to just stick your, your foot in some areas and it just kind of collided? Yeah, I went through that. That was a rough time. Um, <laughs> the, you know, end of 2014, I was 29 and um, the next year I turned 30. And so it was in 2015. And so it was definitely like a moment of like, well, what the heck am I doing? Like, this wasn't like, I'm back at square one. Like, how am I supposed to, like, am I even supposed to be doing this? Mm. Pretty much. Like, I was just questioning, like, you know, like, what am I supposed to be doing? And so um, I was caught between two minds, you know, like, okay, I need to go find another job, right? That like is maybe more corporate or something like that um or let me do let me better myself right and so i think in when the kicks the pitch thing came about i was like okay you know what i'm gonna bet on myself i'm gonna kind of do freelance and i'm gonna kind of like lean into this um and really help build this thing and see where it comes see what comes of it and um so yeah it was tough it was tough to to kind of like even like compare myself like you know comparisons because when you're an athlete you're always come uh um, competitive and with competitive competitive nature comes comparison right you're always like Mm. looking Mm. next like okay who's doing this who's doing this then you're trying to like 
well, he's the same age as me, or he's the same height as me, or he plays the same position as me, right? Like, and and whose stats are better? And so, you know, subconsciously, I started doing that with like my friends and looking at their lives and being like, man, they got house, family, kids, and you know, and like doing this thing and like, like this is not where I was supposed to be at this point, you know, like there's a little in the plan, and 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 so I had to like break through that mindset and mm. and just just like kind of put my head down and, and go back to grind, grind, the grind that had, had gotten me to the point where I was. And um, yeah, everything's like kind of metaphorical. It's, it's so interesting. Everything's kind of like, uh, you know, soccer and then like real life kind of like always like correlates. I moved to LA when I moved to LA, I was injured um, actually. So I couldn't play. Um, I was coming off an ankle injury. Horrible. Like my ankle was, my ankle was the size of like, like it was like, two tennis balls on either side of my ankle um, and, and then I was like I was like coming off of that injury when I moved to LA so I'm like hobbling I remember I went out to try out for a team and I'm like no I'm good I'm good I'm good and the guy's like are you okay you're not really moving like like and I was trying to fake it like I was trying to like, yeah, yeah. like my ankle was better you know and um but yeah it was just like every now and then you get hurt you got to work back from it and so that was what it was with with uh with me losing my job and and having to make that transition but the plan you know you know i attribute it to the man upstairs had a bigger plan and and a plan that i couldn't have seen and if i didn't lose my job i wouldn't have stepped in to say hey i'm gonna do this and i actually wouldn't have time to do it you know to say i'm gonna help Mm-hmm. And then that led to a lot of the experiences over the last six years. Super tough to see it in those, in those times, but there can always be like that silver lining, you know, where one yeah. failure, one failure, if you even want to call it a failure, one setback really just opens the door for an opportunity that was, I guess, more meant to be and more aligned right. to you and who you are and what interests you. It's, it's, it's amazing how it comes full circle like that. Yeah, it yeah, seems like it's a it's crazy. a reoccurring theme because even even at, at UCF, not USF, uh, <laughs> you know, you you wanted you wanted to go to the tryouts, but you got sick. But then it wound up working to your benefit. That three mm. weeks later, you got kind of a you know, you just played with a team. It wasn't a tryout, and then you were offered yeah. this job, which then led to you playing with the team, and you're getting extra yeah. training every day because you have to do a little extra work. And, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like you've you've stuck to what everything you love and somehow in a weird way it worked out for the better and then yeah it's like yeah it's go ahead yeah yeah and coming back to like sticking to to your own path without comparing yourself what you know what are some things that you did to to keep that mindset because it is difficult in your situation you're 29 you lose your job and you see everyone else around you, they have, you know, a full-time job, they have a house, maybe they have a family now. And you're like, what am I doing here? But at the same time, you wound up sticking to what you love, which was like creative things and the game. And it wound up, you just wound this, take, take took this path that was both fields, both worlds. And, and now, um, you know, you've made a career out of it. Yeah, you know, I think it was just like this, this drive of like, I, I can't, like you have certain fence posts in your life where you're like, I can't lose that, you know, or I can't at certain times, like I'm not going to get to this point, 
right? Mm. And I think for me, there was a, you know, there's a couple things in my life. Honestly, it seems strange, but like, it was like, I had a car payment, right? I had my car and it was the first thing I ever like bought like this car, you know, when I, when I finally like I'd got a salary job in Orlando and everything like that. And my biggest thing was, is like, I'm not going to get my car repossessed. Like, you know, like, like I have to, I have to keep it. I have to eventually pay it off. And, mm. and it's small and it's indirect, but like just even having those fence posts in my mind, I had to work. I had to grind. I had to get the freelance job. Like there was no choice. There was no option. Like it was just, it was just like, I, I had to make these things work and I had to build something that was going to allow, you know, the possibility of me being able to even like sustain. And, and I think that for me, like, I would find those little things that was like, okay, I'm going to keep this as a motivation. You know, this is what I want to happen. And then when I started building kicks to the pitch, it was like, I want kicks to the pitch to grow to this point, or I want kicks to the pitch to tell stories like this, or, you know, like, it was like, so what is the work that it takes to, to put into to doing that, you know? And, um, yeah, even when the times were like, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know, like, oh man, like, even like if it's a situation where like, oh man, rent's due or like, you know, where is it going to come from? Like, I was just still working, you know, like people would be like, yo, what are you doing today? And I'm like working, like, you're just like a forever working, you know? Right. And, and, um, and I think this little thing started popping up, you know, and mm. in a similar way, um, I ended up getting a job as a, as a teacher, as an instructor at a college, um, you know, teaching bachelor's courses and creative stuff like photography and stuff like that. And mm, that cool. helped me have a job, but have the freedom to like do kicks to the pitch and right. like do these things. So all these things started like falling into place, but yeah, man, it, it was not easy. It wasn't easy. Um, I would definitely would say like, I went through a stage where I binge watched Walking Dead like seven like five seasons at that time and like you know uh just like stayed in my room and like you know like yeah 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 um but um but yeah things even now even still 20 because 2020 was rough um mm. another 2020 was like another time of like wait a minute <laughs> we're back here again <laughs> yeah in this place yeah and, and and then you gotta figure it out again um but yeah so i i think i just would keep like little small goals and when i look back on it honestly one of the biggest driving forces was like i wasn't gonna get my car repossessed it's pretty practical but like that's what it was like i just wasn't gonna happen i wasn't gonna make it happen and and a year ago i paid off my car so you know love that yeah it's it's just like yeah (laughs) worked out in the end now can you tell us more about kicks of the pitch just yeah. what what is it what are you doing for them and so on so kicks to the pitch it's a mouthful in a name but kicks like uh, the slang for sneakers to the pitch the name of the field in europe pitch um so uh it is a connection an outlet that talks about soccer but connect um as it relates to sneakers, art, music, and fashion. Those are like the four pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, fashion being like streetwear, music being like hip hop and urban. Um, and um, art could be, you know, graffiti art, could be, you know, paintings, could be tattoos, you know, 
um, just creativity in general, um, and pretty much off the field, right? Like, so if you think about the connection between basketball and culture, um, and how NBA has built this like culture connected to music and sneakers and fashion, um, and how players have connections to all those things off of the basketball court. Mm. Um, we started with the idea that, okay, we wanted to talk about those exact same connections, but with soccer players and with mm. soccer people that love the game of soccer. So that's where we started. And then the guy that started it, um, he has expertise in live events, activations. And um, so we also, so we had two basically pillar like lanes, editorial, online magazine um, that creates original stories, either photo, video, or um, written. And with that comes the Instagram. And then also we do agency work with brands to put on live event activations, Adidas, Puma, Nike, for different products that they might have, new boots, new jersey, whatever it might be. We, we, we were based, we're based in Los Angeles, which is a hub for North America. Like all these brands wanna like push product here. So we would do that, but we would also go to New York. We would do stuff that we did done stuff in Paris. Um, and um, yeah, so we would do the agency work and the live activa event activations. Um, they call it experiential, experiential activations. So um, that's kicks to the pitch. Um, 2019 was our most consistent year with storytelling, original storytelling. That year we ran an online magazine and we released 11 issues mm. um, uh, of the online magazine in 2019. And were you featuring, um, like what kind of the stories or what kind of the people were you featuring in this? Any, any notables that, you know, people might know? Yeah, so um, we, we broke the content up into like different content categories. So we had mm. one category about tattoos called shirts and skins. Um, type of the, the few people <laughs> like we, we interviewed, um, DeAndre Yedlin, Oh, cool. yeah. um, Natasha Kai, Natasha mm -hmm. Kai used to play for the U.S. national team. Um, mm -hmm. We interviewed Stefan Fry, goalkeeper for Seattle Sounders. Yeah. Um, you know, um, there's one more person in there. Oh, Edward Van Gils, legendary uh, street footballer from the Netherlands. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does a thing called Street Kings. They were big yeah, yeah. on yeah. YouTube a little while ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and he was in FIFA, he, in the last FIFA, um, in the Volta, if you play, okay, yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. he's like, he's like the boss, one of yeah, the bosses. The street, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So interviewed him about his tattoos. So that was shirts and skin. So it was like little short documentaries, 10 minute episodes, them sitting down talking to us about the tattoos. Right. Mm. And so, um, uh, and then we did another feature called females football. And that one is like females in the game. They could be players or they could be fans or they could be connected to the game. And we do a photo shoot, little video, behind the scenes video, and then an uh, interview with them. So females football, we would do that. Um, we, did, we did some pieces like destinations where we would go to different stadiums and feature the stadiums. Um, and, uh, and then we would like do other, other just like editorial pieces on stories we would chase stories we did a story about this guy just outside of manchester he has a lego like he builds stadiums out of legos but then he runs like a fantasy league with the lego players so there's like people like you know per <laughs> purchase seats for the for the stand and he makes <laughs> that's the amazing puts them in the stands and yeah. then there's like games and scores and like 
outcomes that he does for the game and stuff like that. So we went to his spot, took pictures of his stuff, you know. Um, yeah, there's there's a guy that uh, makes mashup jerseys um, in uh, in the Netherlands. Used to work, works for Nike, and uh, so we went to his work workshop. You know, like there's just a lot of different like um, mm. untold stories in the game that we would yeah. tell, um, and sometimes it would collide with notable names. You know, like um, DeAndre Yedlin and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool, and so. Is there somewhere that you want to bring kicks to the pitch that you haven't been before? Are there certain areas, certain things that you want to do, maybe your own creation in terms of a streetwear that's kicks to the pitch based? Um, I'm not sure how much you would want to divulge about company plans or anything like that, but do you see any areas of kicks to the pitch kind of diving into? Yeah, I think um, one thing is like we had some plans and we probably were going to revisit it of doing like um, actual physical releases of the magazine, mm-hmm. um, not on like a monthly basis or anything like that, but more so like just like a limited edition type thing of these stories and these visuals that we were able to catch over the years, capture over the years and make it like a collectible. Um, I think our logo, we really love it. And like, we would love to just like do some merch and like come back strong. Now that the world's opening back up. 2020 was kind of a downer. And mm-hmm. like, um, obviously we talk about, you know, we had to be, we, we navigated, we had to figure out how to navigate it. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the work that we were planning to have, you know, didn't happen. And so like, we, you know, you kind of have to like redirect the ship and stuff like that. But I think, um, yeah, I think uh, that's uh, some of the goals, coming back strong, you know, telling these stories, editorialized, and then covering games. You know, me personally, I had a career high, you know, through kicks to the pitch and forever grateful for the opportunity. Um, I shot 12 matches at the Men's World Cup in Russia in 2018, um, and then I shot about the same amount of matches in, in 2019 at the, female, the, the Women's World Cup including the women's world cup final. Um, and you know, like those moments are, are some moments that I'll never be able to replace, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll always cherish that. So like, as far as like goals, like the fact that kicks to the pitch is a registered media outlet for the United States and recognized globally by global outlets. Um, that's an accomplishment in Amazing. itself. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. we really, we really like, um, sorry. Okay. Um, making sure. I dropped something on the floor, making sure my dog's not eating it. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so like, I think, you know, we've reached, we, we did a lot in, with, with not a lot. And, and mm-hmm. in a very short period of time, we gained a lot of respect. And I think that um, I'm really proud of that and proud mm-hmm. of, you know, the team and, and what we did. Um, but moving forward, you know, it's, it is something that I never really want to let, you know, we're not, we don't want to let it die. And, and so, yeah, I think you, you can expect to see more storytelling, maybe some more tangible things. We did a lot of digital stuff, um, in the past, but maybe some more, um, things, like I said, like a limited edition coffee table book or, or, you know, a hoodie or, or something like that. And then, um, and then collabs. Like, I think mm. that's kind of like the nature of the way creativity and storytelling right. is going right now. Like who can you collab with? How can you bring forces together and use everybody's strengths? And yeah. so, yeah, so yeah, probably see more collabs as well. 
I like Love it. that. So now, before going over the events and games you just spoke about, my own curiosity, how does one come about for like a photography credential to get into these games to take pictures? Mm-hmm. Like how, how, did, how does that yeah. process work? Because I'd imagine you there's know, thousands is, and thousands is. of people, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it is a little bit of smoke and mirrors process. It's like, you know, I when I when I finally got an opportunity to do it I was like wait this should have been maybe a bit harder but (laughs) um really how it goes is like you have to you have to have a um a media outlet Mm. an editorial outlet that you can put your name under okay and that's where it starts you know and so like you can be local and usually if you're a local team your local team will like let you in if you're a local new, you know, media outlet saying that you're covering the sport. Um, and that's where it begins and there's levels to it. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and so that's where we started, you know, um, we, you know, like I said, I, the first game I shot was like that U S game. And I think mm-hmm. I got that credentials through a contact that we had who was like the trainer, no, the um, equipment manager at the time. Um, and he put in touch us in touch with the communications department. And then I sent an email and then I got the application form and I applied and got approved. And so from there, it's this, it's this journey of getting in touch with the communication department. So whoever is handling the media credentials saying, Hey, I'm from this such and such outlet would like to cover the game Mm. and building clout in that way and building up you know, to being able to, so for example, for the, the men's world cup, um, every country gets a certain number of allowed media that can uh. be approved by for that country, but you get approved mm-hmm. through FIFA. So there's two, there's a two-step process to get approved right. by the country's federation, but then also then you have to get approved by FIFA. So I had to get interviewed by the U S soccer federation and, and tell them why I wanted the credential for the world cup. And then, and then basically they went back, they looked at our outlet, they looked at the work that we did, and then they decided, okay, cool, we're going to allow you to go through the process to FIFA. And so then there's a process where you have to apply through FIFA, and then the credential comes back. So yeah, so that was the journey, you know, but I think we had to put the legwork in of being an actual outlet that talks about the game publicly, and puts in our own effort our own mm. sweat and tears not yeah. being paid for it like just on our own regard to talk about the game and cover the game and then you build up that clout and you build up that clout and um, in that i would then start applying for credentials with mls mls all-star you know um and so there's different governing like for example there's a game coming up with uh mexico versus nigeria in la there's an it's it's either going to be LAFC handling the communications part of it and you talk to the communications department and you apply for the credential or it'll be this other organization, which you guys probably have heard about, but um, some, some uh, Soccer United Marketing, um, they uh, also used to do the marketing for the U.S. Soccer Federation. Okay. Um, but um, they, uh, so anyways, communications department, find the email right now now that i know this every time there's a new tournament icc gold cup whatever i google media accreditation application 
for whatever said mm-hmm. thing it is. And then usually some type of link will come up or some type of email in person from the communications department will come up and pop up and go, hey, uh, here's the link or the link's not open, you know, wait for the link, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Sean, nice. we're, a little, we're a little bit of ways from that. Sean, Sean wants yeah, to know for, I, for a selfish <laughs> reason. I, I was just no. I just, mean, honestly, like I always wondered, like, how do these photographers get to yeah, like that's yeah. a, to just kidding. go there? Honestly, and you're, you're watching the game at the best place ever. I mean, like, you guys, honestly, you guys are doing the podcast, and no lie, like, um, you can apply. Like, I, it's just like, and there's other, there's other media too. There's, there's media in the press box, right? Mm, like, there's right. media not just targeted, like, you know, like, so, like if you can show that you have a, a editorial function and mm-hmm. it's covering the game in this type of way, then there's, there's always a chance. And the local is where to start. Like that's, that's the thing. Like, right. mm-hmm. and so you start at the local. So like here in LA, we have LASC, we have LA galaxy. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, so that's where you start. Okay. Good cool. to know. Very yeah. good to know. And I assume you just build a network and then when, now you know who to contact directly to apply to certain games, then it becomes maybe a little bit easier once you have it, once you've established yourself. Once you establish yourself and they know you, they're like, oh yeah, you're always coming out. You're always right. posting about it, taking mm-hmm. your take. Cause they look at it like, they actually don't look at it like, okay, you're a fan of the game. They look at it like you're taking your time to come mm-hmm. to this thing and cover this thing. And then taking your time to make a post and do this, this other thing, you know, right. and they're not yeah, at the end of the day, it's so free it's, press it's, for them. It's, right. It's yeah. And so if there's a seat in COVID times, there's been limited press. So the bigger outlets get mm-hmm. priority. Mm-hmm. So that also comes into play. And if it's a bigger tournament or a bigger match, like the final, right. Mm-hmm. The, sometimes tough, the bigger outlets will get priority and mm-hmm. they will, they will get put, put in there, you know, and get pushed through. But um, yeah, you start to make, 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 you know, build that clout. So yeah, so 2018 with us getting accepted by US Soccer Federation and then getting accepted by FIFA, that was like, oh, shoot. Huge. We're yeah. in here. Yeah, and then yeah. I was on the sideline with a photographer shooting for CBS. There's a photographer shooting for USA Today. There's a photographer shooting for Getty and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, what's your outlet? And I'm like, you're like, what's that? You know, like, that's <laughs> what. You know, in, in comparison, there's a little small outlet, but we, we put in the work and got the trust as like a trusted outlet. So 100%. Awesome. Now, do you have a favorite event or game that you've been to? That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, I feel like there's like, some Russia like, stories uh, too. Isn't there some Russia stories? There's a lot of Russia stories. and In fact, one of the projects that I'm trying to work on, and I'm late, I'm hella late, because obviously World Cup's next year, um, is that uh, I'm going to be putting out coffee, a couple coffee table books of my own, of my journey, of my trips. Um, I love that. Specifically to, to Russia and then to France. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll just tell this one story. Uh, Spain versus Portugal. Um, mm-hmm. It was the first, first group match um it was the first match i shot in the world cup so i'm already like oh my god i'm at the world cup i'm on a sideline what the heck's going on this crazy you know like uh, um and the game's crazy right like the game Mm -hmm. was back and forth and everything like that anyways 
Fortunately, it's a free kick at the top of the box. My position as a photographer, usually you're behind the goal, but then like because there's so many photographers at the World Cup, um, there's photographers literally like on the sideline the whole way down and around the field. So I have like a sideline position because technically that position is not as good. They give the prime okay. corner flag positions to like AP photographers, Getty photographers, those type of things. So mm. my positioning showed like the size of my outlet essentially because <laughs> like I'm like on the side but I don't care like I'm like I'm, I'm almost here. I'm like in between like half line and then the top of the 18 so okay. um it just so happens literally the free kick is like placed directly like in line with my eyesight like I'm looking straight at the field and there's the ball it's placed down Cristiano places the ball down and um he takes the kick and he scores. And so I'm like, this is crazy in my head. I'm already thinking like, okay, this is crazy. I just saw Cristiano score a free kick um, to tie the game three, three against Spain. And he, he, he's uh, like, I don't necessarily realize it, but I do. He's running directly <laughs> to me to celebrate. And so I'm looking through the lens of my camera and I'm just like, wait what wait 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 and all i'm thinking is don't have to stop get the shot get the shot get the shot get the shot and get the shot 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 yeah 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 and like it all happens he runs he opens his arms and then like runs over to the corner flag and then walks back across me and you know like celebrating with his teammates and he looks up like as he walks back across me and just like looks up to the crowd and does his like christiana stare right yeah like his mug so from that, I probably have two two of the best shots I've ever shot. I can retire as a photographer, like, <laughs> even if I don't care. Like if anybody ever buys the photos, it's just like a personal thing. It's like that. Cla- I'm like I, I'm good. Like it, mm. they're like my trophy photos yeah. essentially. And so it's a clear as day. Cristiano Ronaldo, arms wide open running away from his goal, his free kick goal, tying Spain. And then when he was walking back, he like paused, stopped, and then looked up. And like, I have that shot of him just like with his mean mug stare. And uh, yeah. And what's crazy is, is the photographers that were in the Getty position, they didn't get it that shot. They might've got wow. the other shot when he ran over to the corner flag and, he, mm-hmm. and then all the like, the guys who are warming up jumped on him and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the immediate reaction after he hit the ball and it goes in the net, he literally turns and runs straight to where I was. And so I think we have it right here. If this is can you guys see this? <laughs> wow, you scrolled through the that's the that's the sequence actually. Look at this sequence though. Sick. Guys wow. go to YouTube or go to Rich Impossible to see this sequence. Wow, yeah, that's the sure. mug stare. <laughs> oh man, to be honest, this is where I would have failed because I would have been like, this camera would have been down, question. I would have been watching, I would have been like, oh wow. This is my next I'm, question: I'm is, Do you ever have an issue where you're just mesmerized by watching and you, yeah, like the like, fan you know, and then the actually so, being employed? There? So it did happen. It happened in this tournament. Um, so. This was a this was over a period of three weeks. This was like day one, right? Or day two. I had just landed in Russia. So I was like 
on it i think like i wasn't mm. i wasn't as tired or like whatever fast forward to the round of 16 match or quarterfinal match no round is which one is quarterfinals or first or after i can't remember um it's so round the game's right and quarterfinals right yeah, yeah, yeah so the game's right after the group stage france mm-hmm. versus argentina fast forward to that one and Pavard hits the most insane volley that I have ever seen. I forgot to take a picture of it. Like that's, (laughs) I was, I was watching it. So like, if you drew a trajectory again, kind of like the in line with the Cristiano goal. Mm -hmm. um, So again, I'm facing the Argentina goal and if you drew like a direct laser from my eyes through Pavard's foot, like it would be a straight line. Like I was looking directly from, like I had the back view, right. you know, like that right. view when you always want to see it, you always want yeah, to see the back view. You want to see the view. ball bend around. Yeah, because yeah. you want to see the trajectory. That's the view I had. Oh. I was too, I literally when I saw the ball bounce and I saw him line up his shot, like line his foot up and was like, like, uh, like Mm -hmm. ready to hit it with like a little tiny slice. I audibly said, Oh shit. And (laughs) he hit it and it it was definitely going to go with the goal. Like I was like, Oh shit oh shit (laughs) and so like i'm just watching it happen and my camera's by my side yeah and then when it goes in the goal and he starts celebrating i look around and i hear all the shut it was like everything went silent for a second and i didn't hear all the shutters the camera shutters and the other photographers firing but then i was like oh then i was like oh shit i need to take a photo of this (laughs) but it was too late like he was already celebrating and like the other photographers are looking at me like what the hell are you doing like so that was my biggest <laughs> miss. Hey man, I was here to watch like, the game. <laughs> that was like my biggest miss because if I did take a photo, I would have literally gotten the back shot, the angle, leg yeah. lined up as the foot's hitting the ball, and then like a ball flying into the net. Like, but that was my one. Like, yeah, I was just here watching the game. I'm sorry. <laughs> learning, learning experience, yeah. though. I mean, to be at that big yeah. of a stage, you know, it's, I, it's understandable. It's very understandable yeah yeah but ever it doesn't since make then, it too, it doesn't make it, it doesn't better make nonetheless it, no 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 ever since then though i'm like listen i gotta if i'm on a sideline let me capture these moments let yeah. me like mm-hmm. actually do do what mm-hmm. i'm here to do and then mm-hmm. um but yeah you know it's all good yeah. in the territory i would be much worse so um we're gonna transition here a little bit into some other projects you may be involved in um more specifically social justice product uh, projects that you're involved in. Um, I think it's super important. I mean, you're, you're able to tell a story with your camera and your content and um, in these outlets. And I just wanted to know maybe some of the things you're involved in and you know how you feel your role in the media and content creation can, can be such a strong tool for, for change. Yeah. You know, like um, one thing I will say is representation matters and like, um, there's not a lot of guys that look like me on the sideline, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, or have a background like mine. Um, and so I think, uh, 
I just know that I have responsibility to like be representation and hopefully like the doors will open for more um, creatives and photographers. Like I've always been like the minority in the room in, in this creative space, um, whether it's with soccer or not, you know, and even still to this day. Um, and so like, you know, it, it's just like, okay, I know that I have that responsibility and, you know, obviously last year, you know, a lot of different things came to light and, you know, everybody like, kind of like we had to deal with a lot of tough conversations and the tough, tough realities. And, um, and soccer didn't shy away from it, you know, mm -hmm. and in particular, I took a trip to the uh, MLS's back tournament um, in Orlando. And it was after they did their demonstration with their fists raised. Um, but the, the, the mood and the message was still there. And, and I wanted to go and capture these players wearing the Black Lives Matter shirts before in the training and, and, and like do my part to tell a story from my perspective. And so like actually on my IG, on my IGTV, um, I like put a little like documenting of the trip. Um, and, um, but yeah, it was just my way of like, kind of like speaking to it, you know? And, um, and uh, so, yeah, so, but I, I, I'm still like, I started something called Black Smiles Matter with a friend of mine. And it's a, it's a way to storytell and speak about black joy um, and, and the, the joy that people find through creativity, you know? And um, so that's kind of like something that I'm doing to kind of do my part, you know, and raise awareness and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, just keep on having conversations. You know, I'm a big proponent of uh, soccer getting into communities that it's not traditionally in um and opportunities coming up for kids that you know maybe wouldn't have those opportunities with soccer because of you know it being so heavily pay to play and and mm -hmm. whatever it might be you know not being in those communities um because i know too like growing up on my team you know i grew up in the suburbs i was the only only again like the only one on my team that looked like me you know like and and like it's just you know it's, it's the nature of 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 the, uh, the areas in which you grow up and then also the the culture of the sport so yeah so those are just uh, a couple of things that you know I've been trying to do trying to find my 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 place and like what what I have to offer to mm -hmm. the conversation mm -hmm. and to you know social justice and change in that way and then also just like change with soccer you know mm -hmm. period you know like and um and seeing the game change, seeing the opportunities open up, you know, in the U.S. and 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 stuff like that. So yeah. And you kind of mentioned like you you have a direct hand in how, you know, some of these these areas and these projects and and soccer is represented, especially here in the U.S.A. So do you feel like it's a conscious thing when you're when you're making your work and when you're you know, presenting your work with kicks to the pitch or, you know, obviously with black smiles matter, like, do you, do you have this, this intention going into it or do you feel like it's something, I don't know that you, you know, you try and you try and consciously talk about within your teams. Okay. We have to do, you know, more of these things and, and, and represent more uh, of these communities and, you know. Yeah, I think um, it's something I live 
on a daily mm-hmm. basis, you know? Yeah. Um, I think though, from a creative standpoint, it's conversations that have to be had. Uh, like, because sometimes um, if you don't directly have them, then they'll get, they'll get missed. Things will get yeah. missed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and um, you have to address it head on and not be scared of the maybe uncomfortable conversations um to get to like a a proper solution or or growth or in 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 any area you know and specifically in like with kicks to the pitch um we had many conversations last year of like what would what, what, what should we post or what should be our the stance as an outlet be um and then i felt somewhat of an obligation as well to like be a voice through the outlet through kicks mm. to the pitch you know mm-hmm. for different things um and make sure that like the stance is known so, you know, as kicks to the pitch, we didn't shy away from it. You know, we didn't shy away from posting the Black Lives Matter on the pitch. We didn't shy away from highlighting the players that want to take a stand, whether it be a knee or a fist in the air or whatever it might be last year, you know, because we wanted to show that, okay, we, we stand in solidarity with, as an outlet, with, with, with how these people are feeling, you know? And, and, and um, so, yeah, I think we made the, that known, you know, mm, yeah. um, you know, we're in relative, you know, fairly small, but, you know, you would get the troll comments and you get people like saying different things, you know, back. Um, and, um, but I think just fortunately, like my whole team, you know, was like, you know, we're all on board with this, you know, and uh, we're all on board with, with this messaging and this, this is where we, we stand. Mm-hmm. And so I think, it's two parts. Like I live it because I've had that experience, you know, I've had my own story and my own experience, you know, with, with, uh, with profiling and different things like that. And, and, um, but not everybody's had experience. So I think it's, it's twofold. It's like, you have, you have people in the room that have lived it. That's why representation matters. And that's why you need people in the room because Mm -hmm. I can only, I can bring my experience. I can't expect someone else to have the experience I had. And, 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 you know, and so, but then you have to be able to step into the uncomfortable conversations and strategize and and talk Mm -hmm. about how, okay, how do we move forward with this communication, Mm -hmm. with this creative, Mm -hmm. with this storytelling, you know? And, um, and yeah, so I just hope that like, I can continue to do that. And then, you know, be a perpetuant of, of the change to see it also on the field, you know, where we start seeing different cultures represented and, 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 uh, I think it's only going to make everyone stronger. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I mean, just kind of like touching on that, that role of media and, you know, a lot of people, especially during last year, you know, kind of playing the fence or, or, you know, maybe posting something, but not really taking a firm stand because I don't know, you know, whether they don't, you know, whether they don't share the same values or whether, you know, as a company or you're really just worried about your profits and, you know, you have the trolls and stuff. So do you feel proud working for a company that takes such a a strong stance and just knowing that it's, it's in the identity of the, of, of the company? Yeah. You know, and I, I think it was, in this instance, Kickstarter is something I helped build and, and we're, we're fairly tight knit and small, you know, and I think, uh, um, you know, we, we, we made up of, of a diverse set of people and, and, and I don't think there was any ever really question for me with, with, um, with our team, like, you know, what stance we were going to take, okay, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty known. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think though, in that in that sense, like, you know, I know that people had to navigate, you know, working with or working within organizations that maybe didn't, you know, take an initial stance or or stand for justice or stand for humans and you know, like, and so I know that's tough, you know, and so um I think for me, kicks to the pitch is a is a I work with with people that are my friends. And mm-hmm. and I think, you know, you surround yourself with people that you know have your back. And yeah, so yeah. Um, um they had my back in a time where last year was uh was sometimes rough. And and I, I think uh you know that was great and I was blessed to to have that and um yeah. Yeah, amazing. So a long-winded last question here. We always like to wrap up on this podcast and we really try and capture the motto as we explain to you off air, like making your own path. And, you know, one of the reasons we thought you'd be such an interesting guest um, was because, you know, you hung up the boots per se and you said you gave a lot to the game. Um, Then it came full circle. You never really left the game. You just created your own path really within it. And for people who are passionate about something, you know, especially a sport, even if you don't play it or do it, I think there's still so many ways to be connected to it and working within an area that you are so passionate about. So yeah, right after all that, my question for you um, would be, what advice would you give to people who are skeptical of following a path similar to yours? And how important do you think it is for people to find themselves in avenues that they are passionate about? Um, so advice that I would give, uh, somebody who wants to like take this route. And I, I find myself like people ask me this question a decent amount, um, lately, um, create, 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 you know, like always just don't stop. Um, you know, because you never knew who's watching. And, and, and it is not, it's not an exact science, you know, but it is, it is really how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you have to buckle down and just create really great stuff, take inspiration from other things and then create your own stuff and find the stories that you can tell because somebody will eventually see it and, or you'll meet somebody that will put you in connection with somebody. And then, and then the other thing is, is like, meet people, network, um, everything that I, every door that's opened and everything that I've like stepped into is because, um, of someone I knew. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, I backed it up with, with talent and ability or whatever it might be, but it started with a relationship. And so you, you have to constantly create, but foster human genuine relationships because you never know when those relationships will open the door and, and come down the road and be an avenue to something. Um, and yeah, like I said, it's, it's weird. Cause I know it's not like an exact, like, Oh, do a B and C. And then the next thing will happen. But it, it, it's kind of like life in general, like, Never you know, like you want to follow that easy. You, you want to foster relationships. Mm. Um, and those things are going to, the relationships is what's going to lead to other things. Um, mm. And then I think the second part what was the second part of the question. How important do you think it is for people to find themselves in avenues that they are passionate about? Oh, 
hundred percent. It's how I live my life. That's how I have lived my life. Um, I went to college to do graphic design in a school that had soccer when I probably could have had the ability to go and I don't know, go to law school or go to med school or do something like that. Like, um, I became a graphic designer because it was something I was passionate about, about creating, um, and I'm still living my life, pursuing my passions, even though, you know, it, it's the road less traveled. Um, and it's the road that's not as sure and defined. Um, but we only have this one life. And so I think if you only do things for, you know, at the end of the day to like pay the bills or like make sure that um, you have bread and, and like, you know, all these different things, I mean, I've found that um, those things will get taken care of, right? And and while it is stressful sometimes and, and you are worrying, like I now have done things in my life that I've never be able to, you know, like I never would have been able to do it if I didn't mm. pursue my passions. And, yeah, right. and so um, I am a hundred percent proponent of doing something you're passionate about. And you can definitely find a way, especially in the world we live in today, um, to turn that passion into something that also like you can make a living from and um, but passion first that's that's what I've done passion comes and, first okay but but I, I but I will caution that uh, the passion first comes with its its challenges and it's it's sure. it's it's it's, it's, it's uh, hiccups mm, for sure mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. it's not like a smooth sailing like oh it's just Never a smooth is. road you mm -hmm. know um but I still would suggest passion first. Love that. Love that. Rich, I mean, you answered that so much better than I could have hoped for. So again, <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. Um, one last thing is that we have a little closing on this where we just give a, a few words. So if you could just at the end, we'll point to you. All you have to okay. say is make your own path. Is that all right with Very you? Very cool. All yeah, right, it works. Cool. All right, so until next time. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. Make your own path. There we go. Thank, Thank you, you Rich. Rich. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves, but also Kung Fitness and Merchant Designs, baby. Follow us on Instagram at footwork underscore podcast. Twitter is at footwork podcast. YouTube and Facebook, just check out footwork podcast, search it. Email us if you need anything, any questions at footworkpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, plug, plug, pass. Tell your parents, Amazon delivery guy, mailman, I don't know who, just tell them. Like, subscribe, review, all of it helps. Danke. <laughs>